we're going to talk to our book doctors. We do this every month, usually over the phone, so it's a delight to all be together. What we're asking for them this month is ideas for Christmas presents, because a book really is the best gift, in my opinion, and the best way to get the most interesting books is to ask a bookseller. So let's find out what they've got in store. Thanks, Cathy. Uh, <gasps> back by popular demand today, we've got Fleur Sinclair from Seven Oaks Bookshop and Will Smith from Sam Reed Books in Grassmere. Hello, both of you. Hello. Hello. <laughs> well, we usually do this on the phones. Happy to be at the conference? Very happy to be at the conference. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the ecstasy is unbounded. Oh, yeah. it's lovely. I, I, love, I love the conference. All the lovely smiley faces of fellow booksellers that you see every time. It's just joyous. Well, it must be nice as well because you know, you're completely different ends of the country. And so you know, you're meeting up with people you, you know either by repute or from other occasions. But... Uh, don't often spend much time with them, I wouldn't imagine. No, I mean, it's great to catch up with people again from what, I think for many people, is quite an isolated profession. Absolutely. Lots of ways, yeah. so. Oh, it's lovely. I mean, you, we see each other sometimes at, like, uh, publisher presentations or something like that, but otherwise this is like the counting in, I don't know, whatever it is, Cold Comfort Farm. It's the counting of booksellers, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it was a parliament of booksellers, okay. but that's like, yeah, we don't do parliaments okay. these days, do we? So... Um, so we're doing a slightly different thing. Normally the book doctors, you know, we've had people write in with what they're looking for. But now I thought we'd do something different and say, you know, talk about books for Christmas and particularly books in indie bookshops at Christmas. So what are you most looking forward to selling this year? So, you know, don't all scramble at once. We're going to go Will first. Well, there are so many. There are a couple of very interesting books on the horizon for us. One of them is a poetry book. You'd probably not be surprised that we would choose a poetry book. Um, It's Ella Risbridge's Set Me on Fire, which is an anthology of contemporary and classic poetry, but with a different kind of an edge to it. You might know Ella from her memoir earlier in the year, Midnight Chicken, which was both a cookbook and a kind of a discussion of depression and grief interwoven and this is her second book but it's an introduction of poetry to a crowd who might not always be interested in poetry Uh, and it also looks beautiful they've presented it delightfully and unintimidatingly um, noted throughout there's lots of guides for the poems throughout so that's one of our big titles on the horizon I may be misreading the, the runes or the tea leaves, but I'm, I'm sensing that there is more poetry being purchased. And it's, it's a, a small number, so you'd never pick it up in the stats. But with all the Wordsworth connections, of course you're going to sell more poetry in general. But do you think more poetry is being purchased? I think so, or a broader range, certainly. Um, we see a lot of small books being picked up, and anthologies like this should start to bring some of that work together, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's, I think it's quite hard for an anthology to get all the permissions and to, to manage to bring together what's actually being sold just for all those publishing technicalities. So this should bring some of that work to a more mainstream audience. Yeah, Yeah. If, if I can add to that as well, I think the thing about a poetry anthology, as a gift particularly, um, books are so often... I don't know, you're sort of almost asking for a lot of somebody's time and you people almost want to report, did you enjoy it or what have you? And that can be hours, days, weeks of somebody's time, whereas a poetry anthology, people can dip in and out of it, they can like, not like, and when they're packaged so beautifully, as you say, I think you know we see more beautiful ones for, for children and as well as adults that are doing really well and make lovely gifts at Christmas. Mm. So, Fleur, do you want to kind of dip in with one of your picks now? Uh, yes, a really obvious 
One that I think will do very well in our shop is one called The House Party by Adrian Tinniswood. And it's a short history of leisure, pleasure and the country house weekend. And yeah, I I haven't seen a final copy, but just to buy my little printout that I've been sent by the publisher, I think it's going to be very nice. It's a tenner, um, 144 pages. It just looks perfect to go in everybody's stocking. And when you, uh, if you do get a stocking as a grown-up and you wake up and you're thinking about... (laughs) (laughs) But you wake up, you get your stocking hopefully in before you have to face the turkey and the potato peeling. I think it would be nice to imagine that maybe someone has lit the fire and left you some bread and butter or whatever they do in country houses when you go for the weekend in country house novels. I think that will do really, really well. So So. I'll give you a childhood trauma of mine. Go on. So we always used to kind of share Christmases or alternate Christmases with my mum's mum and so my two cousins. So my sister and I, we got stockings. My cousins, they got pillows. Uh Uh-oh. Pillows. (laughs) Oh, that's just wrong, isn't it? It is wrong. So you have poetry first, Will. Uh, I'd follow up with something slightly more alternative. I think. Um, so your first choice wasn't all time? No, 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 no it's very mainstream right. these days. So a kind of a, a guidebook with a, a slant to it um, that's coming out from, uh, written by Gareth Rees with Influx Press, is called Car Park Life, <laughs> which is a guide to UK car parks. Um, he has taken the tack that we tend to overlook car parks, some of us literally <laughs> in our lives, and that we assume that there's nothing interesting going on there. But he's kind of taken a tour of the length and breadth of Britain to uncover the interesting natural and social lives of car parks. This reminds me of, was it Dan Kieran? You'll remember this, Cathy. It's reminding me this of Crap shit Towns. Ta- crap Towns, yeah, that was crap it, towns. yeah. This, I mean, I think this has Christmas bestseller written all over I it. I think yeah. they're sold, I yeah. thought. Yeah. And you do, I mean, I instantly want to look at it and like yeah. work out whether all the car parks I have a personal connection with. Yes. Like, has it got that funny multi-storey in Leeds? And what about <laughs> that one that's got the really steep exit in Falmouth? You know, you want to look up your own car parks, don't you? And they feel yeah. a bit cross. I'm sorry, they... I'm sorry <laughs> listeners. We seem to have entered into some weird world here of Cathy's car park. But never mind. All right. But that's for 2020. That. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why these books work. And you know the crap towns book, apparently, because yeah. I heard that author say people used to get really cross when their town wasn't, wasn't in it. it. <laughs> we had spoons carpets. Did you take yes. that one? That one did really well. We just did you know Weatherspoons had different carpet designs for different Weatherspoons all around the country? Uh, need to get that book as well. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say something bad then I'm not going to know they're just pitched for those passionate individuals who might already be interested in the topic and they bring everyone else along with them and that's the job that reminds me of a series that was done which actually goes in completely the other direction because it's kind of it's not the crap town something Alec Clifton Taylor and he did books there was a TV series probably I don't know the 70s or something like that and there were about three books in the series, and it was sort of beautiful English towns, or British towns, not sure which. I think Ludlow was one of them, and you know, he was that sort of, that lovely kind of guide who took you through, and you ended up learning so much more stuff, but gorgeous, gorgeous books. I think they're worth, I think someone should, whoever publishes them should reprint those. That's Update them. Update them. Yeah. Or I would say, if they're not going to bother. Um, so we've moved... Uh, Poetry, car parks, country houses. 
I don't know where the hell you're going dogs. to go now. I'm oh, going dogs, to dogs, dogs now. Right, okay. um, <laughs> and uh, this is another one quite specific to the shop, um, and it's called Faces, Profiles of Dogs, and it's by Vita Sackville West. So I think it might be a sort of compilation um, that's been put together um, in time for Christmas, because in Seven Oaks. Our big country house, back to country houses again, is Noel, which yeah, was her child, childhood home. So locally, we will do well with anything that is Vita. So or this is normally gardens. Ah, uh, normally gardens, uh. but local interest, Bloomsbury set dogs is like tick 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 yeah. for um my customers and oh i don't know it just i think she describes um different characteristics um of dogs she's had and other dogs and like i think she describes the silky gentle-eyed afghan like somebody's elderly aunt lavinia who nourishes a secret passion for the vicar i think that's the sort of <laughs> <laughs> that's the sort of thing that i think we can all find quite light-hearted particularly dog lovers of seven oaks i hope <laughs> Seven Oaks really hasn't moved on very much, has it? <laughs> no. Um, she founded our Poetry Society, actually. We have two Poetry Societies in Seven Oaks founded by Vita. So, yeah, it hasn't moved on, and it has, like, yeah. everywhere. There's a resurgence of interest in uh, Vita because of the Vita in Virginia film, the film as well. This yeah, year. absolutely. Uh, yeah. Asking for Vita's Act of West in general. So this should be a really nice... If they happen to be dog lovers, too, I think you've got a sale there, Will. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> it's like the film code high in edition, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, in in this, because obviously at Christmas time, you know, one of the big, big sectors that sells so well in the high street and you know, Smiths and so on are the cookbooks. Are cookbooks sort of territory that indies really can't sell in, or do you sell just as much as everybody else? Um, I think cookbooks are very difficult for us because they get very heavily discounted in the other high street stores and also so we're not just competing with them and the internet like with most things but we're also competing with Waitrose has a very healthy cookbook section and again they are all quite heavily discounted so we always want to try and cover the main ones but we're looking more for the very very beautiful that's going to do more than just give you inspiration for dinner we we want them to have travel we want them to have like other things that make a lovely gift something like that I'd yeah. say I didn't know about you Will if you I think we've increasingly tried to focus on having as you say the ones which have a kind of a, a gift interest but also they know their area really well exactly. they're a cookbook that kind of commands the, the part of the cookbook range that they're looking to address I think from our point of view cookbook publishers don't often approach independent bookshops with the idea that they will be interested whereas actually the past few years, one of the books we've kept in is Martha Collison, a previous contestant on the Bake Off. Uh, oh, her book, Crave, um, which was about flavour profiles that Harper Collins brought out. And people have come in and known that we will have that, actually. There's been a strange connection whereby we've started to have a kind of recent classic cookbook section. Yeah. Um, because I think, again, people see cookbooks as quite ephemeral. They may come out one year and then, because they're expensive hardbacks, shops simply don't keep them. So if you can keep ones from the last two or three years and then you're, you're somewhere that people regard as a place to yeah. go to look at um, what's new and what's essential. Yeah, essential, exactly, because I think you, you, know, you think you want to 
bread book and a baking book. And so we try to cover all bases in, in those kind of ways that maybe the supermarkets are a little bit yeah. more for the brand new and then move yeah. on. So. Do you yeah. think I could um, elbow in a elbow recommendation away. for a Christmas cookbook at this point? <laughs> because I think it might do all those things that you just said you wanted your books to do. It's the Dishoom cookbook, mm. subtitled From Bombay with Love. And it is just the most beautiful and heartwarming thing. And Dishoom are a little chain of restaurants. Um, I think possibly only in London. I'm not sure. I've only ever seen I them think in they London. they might have one. I want to say in Birmingham, but maybe that's just because we're here. But I think they've got one in somewhere else, but the rest of London, something like that. Is there one it? in Edinburgh? I don't know. There's certainly not one anywhere near where I live in Cornwall, I can tell you. But one of my favourite things when I go to London, if I've ever got a bit of time, is I take myself out to Dishoom. During the day, because they're very, always very busy at night, it's difficult to get in, I just take myself out and sit for an hour and a half in one of them um, with a you know, bowl of greens and some black dal. And this bookshop. And one of the things I really love about the restaurants is they are places of storytelling. There's all this fascinating stuff on the walls, on the menus, about these cafes in Bombay that inspired the chain. And that storytelling is reflected in the cookbook. Mm. So far, I have only read it. I have not tried to make the Black Dal. But, I mean, who knows? Uh, the thing is, even if I never make a recipe, I will be so pleased and honoured to have it on my shelf because it's just such a glorious thing to read and look at. But, yeah, if I master the Black Dal, you know, I might invite people Good. I think we had one dining with the Durrells, and I think that's like Mrs. Durrell said she used to go to bed with like recipes from Raj Patana or something and read those like other people read novels, isn't yeah. it? So, um, yeah, we all need to take Dishoom to bed as well, like Mrs. Durrell. <laughs> so, I've, I've completely lost as to where we are now, but um, Will, you got another sneaky suggestion here for customers for Christmas? It's sort of perhaps crosses some of the boundaries we've already been discussing. Uh, I was rather taken by another tour of the British Isles, this time alongside a cheesemonger. Mm -hmm. Um, It's Ned Palmer's Cheesemonger's History of the British Isles, um, published by Profile at the end of October. And so it's both a guide... Was it going round different sort of, you know, we're in Philly today type thing? Yes, very much so. So talking about local cheeses and flavours, he's a guy who has uh, run his own cheesemongers in London for a time and he has this real kind of expert opinion, if you like, a taster's guide to these regional products. That feels really right because, I mean, the whole kind of... I'm not sure whether artisan is still a word that's being used much, but that whole vibe is definitely, you know, Mm. of the moment. Absolutely. I think I'll buy that. (laughs) There you go. That's one sale done. Sorted. (laughs) Oh, my last one was for me, actually. I thought I'd include what I wanted for Christmas. Because you can buy it cheap. (laughs) Not so I can buy it cheap, but just as an example of, there are other books that, like, publishers bring out for Christmas, like the one I mentioned, The House Party, or, you know, that have sort of Christmas written all over them. But I think what we try to have as well is just to make sure that our range is as broad as possible because we never know who is going to want to buy a gift for who and what possible interests they have and although Seven Oaks is not very near the sea um, I have a weird (laughs) obsession with surfing and big wave surfing and there's a book coming out and it's published by Prestel and it's called Surf Like a Girl and generally I don't really like books that have titles that have like a girl as in like not just like surf like a person but um this one has such a glorious cover there's a woman in an inside page who's doing a headstand on her surfboard and everything about it just makes me think oh like 
I need to be at the swimming pool doing front crawl every minute of the day so that when I go surfing next summer I can maybe not shame myself quite as much as I did this summer and um, I just want to have this book so that was an example of just like wide range of publishing and stocking that we have to do to make sure that everyone gets what they want (laughs) for Christmas So, Will, you can give us one last one if you've got the last one. Well, inspired by that, the book that I would want for Christmas uh, is um, Republication, I suppose you could call it. It's a book by Joni Mitchell. Oh! Uh, It's called Morning Glory on the Vine. And she published it for her friends in 1971. It was made in a very limited run. So it's her own illustrations and drawings and her own lyrics from the first two albums of songs. And this is the first time it's been published for a wider audience. That is sensational. I really, really love Joni Mitchell. I was never too sure about Emma Thompson as an actress, but The Time We Love Actually, which is a film everyone hates. In our family, we love it. But <laughs> the, 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 the whole Joni Mitchell in that film is just fantastic. Right, uh, that's two I'm buying from you. And I'll, I'll obviously get the surfing, obviously. No, obviously. You just have to sort of envisage my face on this woman who's shredding waves instead of riding, riding foam like a stick man, which is kind of my skills at the moment. So. I think those just shows, actually, I think the whole range that is, you know, that you can get through a, a really good indie. So I hope there's plenty there for our listeners to, to get their teeth into. Always by locally listeners, that's what we always say on the podcast. So thank you both. I hope, uh, I know it's, yeah, it sounds terrible, doesn't it, talking about Christmas now, but, you know, I hope the build-up and the Christmas season works really, really well for you and you have a fantastic sales season. <laughs> thank thank you. you. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for coming in. <laughs>